welcome to the Divine Feminine Playground podcast. I'm Linda, your host, and in this podcast, we're going to be exploring all the things that enrich the experience of what it means to be a divine feminine being. The playground rules are simple. Open your mind, get curious, and have a ton of fun. From relationships to business to all of your layers and facets, Get ready to dive into anything and everything that brings you deeper into your heart and closer to your soul. Today, we're going to be talking about red flags, relationships, and men. Because today is also my birthday, and as I was looking back over the past couple of years, I started thinking about all the things that I wish I could have told my younger self to save me so much pain and so much trauma. Even though I don't regret any of it, some of the shit that I've gone through, I'm like, yeah, I could have really just went without it. So today I'm gonna be going through the 10 things that I wish I could tell my younger self when it comes to relationships and men and red flags to watch out for. I'm going to be sharing some stories from my life and my relationships as well with a lot of like the emotional manipulation that I went through. So just a little bit of a warning for you there. All right, let's jump straight in with number one. And I just want to add that these are in no particular order. It's just the order that they came to me in my head because they are all important. Okay, number one. He doesn't have to agree or quote unquote approve of why you want to break up with him for you to break up with him. In my past relationships, there have been many points looking back now at which I was like, I think this is breakup worthy. And again, looking back now, they definitely are, right? But at the time when I was talking to my ex about it, he would be like, oh, but, you know, we just haven't tried or, you know, this is because of this and that. And me being very naive and it being my first like proper relationship, I was like, you know what, maybe he's right. Maybe this isn't a big enough reason to break up. Maybe it's because I just haven't tried enough and I turned it back onto myself being like, what do I need to do more of? And now looking back, I'm like, damn girl, like you should have just broken up. Like that was a good enough reason. Okay. There is no, actually there is, in my opinion, no reason that has to be quote unquote good enough for the other person to accept. Like if you want to break up with someone, if they've done something to hurt you, or they've just done something that you're like, that's a non-negotiable for me, or, you know, that's not something that I want to work on or compromise, you're allowed to break up with them. And I think for women, especially, we don't necessarily have big reasons to break up with someone. A lot of the time for us, it's an incremental build of things that we get frustrated about. And when we voice them, we don't get heard or nothing changes. And then it's, it can be like the smallest thing that pushes us over the edge. So this happened in my past relationships where things built up and I was like, I'm so done. And then he was like, but like, that's such a tiny thing, you know, like it shouldn't be a a big enough reason or a good enough reason as to why you want to break up. Let's just work on it. And I was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. It's like a tiny thing. And so I kept 
being in that cycle. Like it kept me in that really toxic environment. On the flip side of that, if someone wants to break up with you and they're really adamant about breaking up with you, let them break up with you. Obviously, there are so many layers of nuance to this as well, right? Like if it's a casual relationship, if it's a serious relationship, whatever it is, if the reason is actually like uh, something that's been going on and they've thought really long and hard about it, or if it's like a spontaneous decision that they're just like, nope, don't want to be with you anymore, whatever the case may be, I always feel like if you intuitively feel like you want to try and you want to make it work, by all means, go for it, right? But if you talk to them about it and they're really adamant, they're like, nope, not doing this, we're done, just let it be. Like, just let them break up with you. But in terms of my original point, if you've been trying in a relationship and it's just really not working and the smallest thing is just like, okay, that's it, I'm done, it does not have to be, you do not have to have a quote-unquote good enough reason to want to break up that is your prerogative if you don't want to be in the relationship no one can force you to be in that relationship just like if your partner doesn't want to be in this relationship with you anymore there is nothing you can do to force them to stay number two they are not the ones with the magic you are so this is something that will stay with me for the rest of my life because there was one point in my life where i was just kind of I kept forming these really deep connections with people and then they would just like ghost me or they would be lying to me or there would just be something going on and I would just be disappointed over and over and over again and I was so upset and I just didn't understand why no one wanted to try with me. And I was talking to one of my close friends about it and I was like, I just don't understand. like how can they just throw such a deep connection away right like every person that i've connected with we've been talking about such deep topics we've been having such deep conversations we've been building this really deep connection what's wrong with me why am i never good enough for them to want to choose me and want to build a relationship with me especially because we've been building such a deep connection and she literally like changed my life she was like have you ever thought about the fact that it's not them opening up a deep connection with you like it's the fact that you are the one that has that magic and you're the one that creates those deep connections or you're the one that opens up the doorway for creating really deep connections with other people and that reframe just I had to just like hang up because I was like okay no I need some time to digest this because hold the phone and I think that is the beginning point from which my view on relationships really shifted from like them first to me first realizing that I had the power to create connection that I'm the one with the magic and I have the capability of creating that with anyone that vibes with me, but do I want to be the one having the relationship with them? What kind of connection do we have and do I, do I actually want to choose that connection? And if they show me otherwise, that's totally okay. I'm not losing a connection because I can just rebuild one. Like, 
that connection, having a date connection isn't dependent on them. It's dependent on where I am and what I want to do and who I want to connect with. Number three, it's not that your standards are too high. It's that they're not willing to meet them. All right. So growing up in terms of my family dynamics, my family was quite traditional in the sense that my mom was at home taking care of the kids my dad was out working bringing home income for the family he treated my mom really well he would treat us really well as well me and my sisters but of course they had their own trauma that they were also operating out of and in chinese households it's not very common to be very open about relationships and about emotional things it was very like function and achievement and just you know kind of survival so when i got into a relationship the advice that my parents would give me were just to like you know just you know if you're committing to this person then just try to make it work as hard as you can um and if you come across a problem like first you want to think about what you did to contribute to that which i mean like is good advice because i really do believe in self-reflection first but at the same time the way that i was brought up and then without having built a really strong sense of self-concept first that led me to take on a lot of the problems as being my fault so coming back to standards I was such a 50-50 girl for the longest time. I was that independent girl, you know, and I think a lot of where that came from was my parents, again, instilling in me that, you know, you don't want to owe anyone anything. And if someone does something good for you, you have to pay them back. A relationship is a partnership. You have to pull your weight as well. It should be equal. So that's the kind of mindset I was in when I went into relationships feeling like, okay, if I'm in a relationship with you and we're committed, then I should be willing to compromise, which is funny because I remember in my really toxic relationship, there was a conversation that we had where I was like, why don't you want to do these things for me? You know, like, why do not, why do you not want to, for example, like help me hold my bag if I'm holding a lot of things and it's really heavy? And his response was, well, just because we're in a relationship doesn't mean we owe each other anything. And back then to me, like that made sense because firstly, I was very deep in his manipulative bullshit. And secondly, that kind of echoed what my parents told me, right? The fact that like, you know, you don't owe anyone anything. No one owes you anything. Like you have to pull your weight. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. And it's so fucked up because, okay, I got to go on this tangent and tell this story because in regards to like holding my bag right now, my man will hold my bag, like no questions asked. When we do groceries, he will hold everything. I think on my stories a couple of weeks ago when he was on his trip, I did groceries for the first time alone and I was like, oh my God, my arm hurts so much because I have not had to hold groceries for the entire time that we've been together. So anyway, going back to this bag holding with my previous partner, he was like, he was the one that brought this up actually. He was like, you know how a lot of girlfriends get their boyfriends to hold their bag? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, 
I will never do that for you. And I was like, um, okay, why? And keep in mind, this was my first ever proper relationship, right? So I didn't have any experience to go off. I was just very naive and very like, okay, I guess the way he's treating me is the standard for how all men would treat me. So he was like, yeah, I'll never hold your bag, but let me teach you a little trick so that I'll hold your bag without it seeming like I'm holding your bag. And he goes on to explain this complicated thing where it's like, if I'm holding the bag and then he holds my hand. And so it's like, he's taking on the weight of the bag, but it still looks like I'm holding the bag. Anyway, I don't exactly remember what the fuck it was, but I just remember thinking like, I'm so confused. Like what is going on right now? And again, I was so impressionable. I was so naive back then that I was just like, okay, whatever. I'm just going to hold my own bag because I don't know what the fuck that was about. And if you don't want to do it, fine. I'm not going to force you to do anything you don't want to do. Now that last part in terms of not forcing someone to do something they don't want to do still stands very true for me. I am a firm believer in the fact that if someone doesn't want to do something for me, I'm not going to force them to. But I do expect certain things from my partner. Like I do expect certain things in a relationship because we are in a relationship. And yes, we don't owe each other anything in a relationship. But if you're committing to me and I'm committing to you, that means that there is a level of wanting to build something with each other. That means both of us should want to help the other person both of us should want to take care of the other person and in that previous relationship like i went in without having any kind of standards for the relationship or for myself i had an idea of like what i might want but i didn't really have a clear picture of what I wanted from him, what I expected from myself, how I wanted to act in a relationship, how I wanted this relationship to be like. So again, a lot of it was just however he treated me, I just took it and I was like, okay, cool. I guess this is what a relationship is like. It was more about being with a person and being in a relationship and not so much about being in the relationship that I wanted, if that made sense. And through that dynamic, I also started feeling really frustrated at myself because I was like, why do I want more? Like, why am I not happy with how he treats me? Like, we're in a relationship, you know, like everything on the surface is pretty peachy, you know, we're like great together. Why am I feeling guilty that he's not giving me enough? And I thought that was a me problem again until I got out of that relationship and I was like, what the fuck? How could I have let someone treat me in the ways that he treated me? And a really harsh truth that I had to accept as well is that I only got in a relationship with him. Like we only had a relationship because at that time I was actually an energetic match for where he was like his level of low self-worth, I had to 
I was in the same kind of vibration, my self-worth was really low as well to have accepted that kind of treatment. So I think that in terms of thinking about relationships, again, I'm speaking from a woman's point of view, as much as it is about being like, oh my God, I can't believe he treated me that way. We also have to take responsibility for the fact that like I allowed myself to be treated that way. Like I was actually an energetic match for that. And especially if you were like me and you just kind of let that continue. And again, because that was my first relationship, I felt like, well, this is kind of the standard that all men would treat me. And so a big part of what stopped me or what I was scared about if I broke up with him was, well, what if I don't find anyone else? Like, what if what if this is the best that it can be? What if no one else you know, wants me or no one else wants to treat me as well as he did. Obviously, looking back, I'm like, that is literally the lowest of low. But at that time, I really genuinely was like, oh, my God, what if what if I just lost my like one chance at love, which is completely bullshit, okay? Because coming back to standards, there are going to be lots of people who are going to tell you that your standards are too high or what you're looking for is impossible. And they're going to try and gaslight you into dropping your standards so that they have to put in less work. And if I'm going to be honest, even in a relationship now, my standards just get higher and higher every day because I'm working on myself. My partner works on himself. We are working on our relationship and our self-worth is growing we're having the conversations to improve our relationship and improve our dynamic. He's treating me the way that I want to be treated and even better. And it's making me realize that, oh my God, I deserve this. So basically, if people are telling you that your standards are too high, think of it like a blessing. Think of it as like you're weeding out these people who do not deserve a chance with you, who just want to put in minimal effort for maximum gain. And that leads me on to the next point, which is number four, and that is follow through on the consequences, no matter how painful it is in the moment. So I have, again, a personal story to tell with this. So that same ex, the very toxic, manipulative one, I saw that he had, I think it was Tinder on his phone. And this was already like maybe not a year into our relationship, but like well within our relationship, like maybe nine or 10 months in a relationship. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, why would you have Tinder on your phone when you have a girlfriend? So I confronted him about it. Oh, that's another thing as well. The way that I was raised, I'm very, very anti-confrontational. So I will just kind of compromise and I'll be like, okay, like I'll bring things up. But if you get mad at me, I'll just be like, okay, it's fine. We can just brush it aside, which is not good. And it's something that I've had to work on. But back to the story. So I found Tinder on his phone and I was like, what the fuck? And he was like, oh, look, you know, it's something that my high school friends installed for me. I haven't been on there in ages. Like I forgot it was there. And he like showed me his chats and it was from like, you know, months ago and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, "Mm, okay, fine. And I just kind of was like, can you just delete it? And, you know, like, can we, can this not be like a thing? And this is what he said. He was like, oh, my friends have the account, so I don't really know how to delete it. And at the time, like, okay, honestly, sometimes I think back 
over the things that have happened in my past and I just get such secondhand embarrassment. Well, maybe it's firsthand because I'm like, Linda, what the fuck were you doing? Hello, that should have been enough to be like, goodbye, I'm leaving you. Because cheating dating apps is like an absolute no-no for me, right? Like if we're in a relationship, why the fuck do you have a dating app on your phone? Like I don't need to hear any kind of explanation and that is grounds enough for me to be like, goodbye. Because I don't want to be with a man who doesn't have the capacity to think and be like, if I have a girlfriend, maybe me having this app on my phone would give her the wrong signal. Maybe I should delete it. So anyway, I have no excuse for believing him at the time because I really was just naive and dumb. And I was like, okay, well, as long as you tell them to delete it, like whatever, I just don't wanna have this conversation anymore. So that was a huge red flag, right? Like I had many, many little red flags before that, but that to me was the point in the relationship where I was like, "Mm, what the fuck is going on? But anyway, I was like, look, I wanna just give him the benefit of the doubt. I wanna make this work. Then a year and a little bit later, oh my God, are you ready for this? I have this random girl message me and I remember the details so clearly. Like it was a Saturday, I was on the train back home from work and I was so happy because here in Australia, we get Saturday and Sunday pay. So I was getting like, I think 1.8 pay and I had worked lots of hours that day. So I was like, yes, my next paycheck is gonna be, you know, a lot. I was on the train back and this random girl messages me and obviously I don't have her as a contact. So I was like, oh, who's this? And she was like, hey, I wanted you to know that your boyfriend has been on Tinder and he's been contacting me and a lot of other girls. And at the time I did not know that he had a girlfriend. So when I found out, I instantly texted you and I messaged you. And I was just like, oh my God. And here's the thing, right? I'm a Scorpio moon. So before I go crazy on you, I want to make sure that I have all the facts because I don't want you defending your ass and making me believe something that is not true, which in hindsight is like, I I already believed so many things that were not true. But anyway, I was like, okay, I'm not mad at you because if you're telling me that my significant other is cheating on me or is doing some shady shit, thank you like i want to know that stuff right it is never your fault if you're not aware so i was like checking with her and i was like is um what's his number like can you send me some screenshots and shit like that and turns out it was it was his number but he had actually changed his name to like something similar and i was like this fucking guy like you have to be so deliberate and conscious of being like okay i'm gonna change my name a little bit so that People can't just search me up and know that I have a girlfriend. So anyway, she sent me screenshots, evidence, everything that I needed. And I texted him and I was like, what the fuck is this? You better reply to me or we are done. And he wouldn't explain. So he was like, can I come and see you? Where are you in person? I want to explain this to you in person. Again, looking back, I'm like, I should never have let that happen because 
in person is where I know I can be easily swayed because in person, when someone is upset, like it's my natural instinct to want to comfort them, right? Especially if it's someone who I have had like a two year relationship with, who I have let into my life on such a deep, intimate, private level. So that was the point at which I should have been like, nope, I don't care, we are fucking finished. But of course I did not because again, I was dumb, I was naive. And so we met up in person and somehow it ended up being me comforting him. So he was like, oh yeah, I had been, you know, like really upset and depressed for a long time. And like going through all of this has just made me realize how much I love you and I need you and I can't, you know, like live without you. And here is the most fucked up part. And this is actually the part that made me rethink my decision to leave, which is disgusting. And you should never let anyone manipulate you this way. So he was like, if you leave me, I don't know what I would do to myself. And I'm sorry, but talking about it right now makes me so angry. Like I'm so angry even after all these years, because imagine putting your physical safety into the hands of someone else and making them feel like they're responsible for what happens to you. Like, what the fuck? How fucked up do you have to be to do that kind of thing? And for so long, like, this is what I'm talking about when I think back to a lot of the experiences I've had in my relationships. I'm like, I'm so traumatized. Like, After the relationship was over, great, I left that toxic environment, but the amount of healing and self-work and understanding and unpacking my trauma, which I am still doing to this day, is ridiculous. (sighs) Anyway, looping back to the point, which is you should follow through on the consequences, right? At that point in time, I should have been like, that is your responsibility that is not my responsibility. You did this. I was very clear on saying, if you cheat on me, I will break up with you. And I should have just followed through. There were a bunch of like other reasons as to why I kind of wavered because I had a bunch of things planned out for his birthday, which was like in the next week or something. And I had organized everything. And I was like, oh man, like it's just going to go to waste. And, and everyone's chipped in already. And Anyway, just all of these excuses and I did end up taking him back and that was one of the biggest mistakes I have ever made. Again, I don't necessarily regret that because doing so and going through the rest of the relationship, I did learn a lot of things that I had to learn. But if you asked me if I would do it again, I would not. Like I would have just broken up on the spot and just been like, don't even bother explaining yourself. We are done. So here's the thing, right? If you set a standard, a boundary, and you're like, if you cross this boundary, this is the consequence. If they ever cross that boundary, you have to be strong enough in yourself to enact that consequence. Because otherwise, it's like, oh, if you cheat on me, I'm going to break up with you. Then they cheat and you're like, okay, well, we're going to break up. And they're like, no, but this, that, and the other reason. And you just go, okay. I guess we can work on it and you go back into the relationship, which is pretty much what I did. All that's going to do is teach them that they can get away with shit that you have supposedly set as a hard boundary 
if they're careful about it and if they can talk their way out of it. So set your boundaries and know exactly what will happen and obviously make it clear to them of what will happen if they cross it. And if they do cross it, enact that consequence, no matter how painful it is in the moment. Because think about it, you don't want to be in a relationship with someone who knows your boundaries and will willingly cross it, right? Like if you have a boundary of not cheating on me, why would you want to be with someone who would consciously and willingly cheat on you and cross that boundary knowing that you're going to break up with them? Like you don't want to be with someone like that, okay? So whatever boundary or standard you set, if there is a consequence to it and if you've told them exactly, you know, if you do this, I will do that. If they do do that, you have to follow through with that consequence. Because actually that is the best way you can love yourself in that moment is to say like, I love myself so much that I know this is not good for me and I will not stand for this, even though it is hurting me right now. I know that I deserve better and I am going to get better. (sighs) Okay, number five, let people show you who they are. Actions, not words. I have been guilty of falling for potential a lot in the past, okay, and falling for their words and the way that they can talk their way out of things and the excuses they make up as to why they couldn't do this or why they can't do that. But here's the thing, if you do not want to live in a perpetual state of disappointment, you will watch what they do not listen to what they say. They can say things and you want to remember what they say. If their actions do not line up with their words, goodbye. Because for me, I don't want to be in a relationship where I have to be second guessing if you're going to be doing the thing that you say you're going to do. That puts me on edge. That gets me into fight or flight. That makes me stressed. And that is not a state that I want to be in because in a relationship, as a predominantly feminine being, I want to be able to feel safe. First and foremost, I want to be able to feel safe. And part of feeling safe is feeling safe enough for you to lead me, for you to lead our relationship into the vision that you have for our future. Part of feeling safe is knowing that you will not abandon me. You will not say one thing and then not do the thing or you will say one thing and do something else. Because if you don't have integrity, if a man does not have integrity in the way that he follows through on his words, there is no integrity in how he will treat you and how he will treat the relationship. Number six, pay attention to who they hang out with as well as their family dynamics. So if you're a woman like me and you have a male partner, you want to be looking at how they treat their mom as well as how their dad treats their mom because that dynamic will show you how they are going to treat you. Because if they've grown up in a certain environment, they're going to mirror that environment, especially if they haven't done a lot of the work on themselves, which is why you don't just want to look at their parental dynamics, right? Because that will show you the environment they grew up in and what they've 
learned to mirror but how he treats his mom or how he treats the women in his family will show you the kind of work he's done and how he will actually treat you so let's say his parents are in a not so healthy dynamic right that for me would be a bit of a red flag because I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. But let's say you have the conversation about family and he tells you that, you know, the, the relationship between my parents is not that healthy. I don't like how my dad treats my mom. This is how I treat my mom. I had to do a lot of work on unlearning that part of me. That to me is a green flag. And who they hang out with, you want to pay specific attention to that. Because the people you are closest with, that you surround yourself with, you will match their energy. Like they are a reflection of you and where you are at in life. And this is one thing that I've learned in terms of relationships and also in terms of friendships. I do not like to insert myself. I actually like to watch for the first couple of times that he brings you out to meet his friends. I like to watch because observing and staying quiet and just watching how they interact and how they speak to each other will tell you so much. Instead of feeling like you have to make the friend like you or you have to perform in some way, which turns your attention onto yourself and you're too busy thinking about how do they see me right now, which is important because of course you want to get along with their friends, but it's more important that you just watch their dynamics. Same thing if you meet their parents and they take you to meet their parents, watch their dynamic and observe really closely. What kind of topics do they talk about? Do their friends speak about women in a respectful way or in a disrespectful way? Do you feel safe around their friends? If their friends have girlfriends and they bring their girlfriends, how are they treating their girlfriends? And as a side note, over the past couple of years, I've, my circle has gotten so small. And part of it is because I was thinking about the people that I keep close to me and that I hang out with. And a lot of them did not reflect the path that I chose for myself and that's why I had to distance myself because I I was like, I don't want to be in that kind of environment. Not that I'm not friends with them anymore or I'm not friendly with them anymore, but it's more of like the kind of people that I want to associate myself more closely with, the people that inspire me, the people that really understand me and really are able to hold space for all the sides of me, especially my spiritual side, I didn't have a lot of those people. And so if I want to create my own community and find those people, I have to drop away some people who are no longer on that same path. So coming back to relationships again, observe how they are with their friends. What do their friends talk about? Observe how he is with his parents. Observe his parents, how their dynamic is because that will show you the kinds of patterns that you can expect in your relationship with him. Number seven, be a nurturer, not a mother. I am naturally very maternal. I have my Mercury and Mars in my fourth house, and I have two sisters who are like 12 and 13 years younger than me. So when they were born, I took on like a pseudo mother role. Like I 
was helping my mom raise them. So that's the kind of dynamic that I was really familiar with. And that's the dynamic I often took into my relationships because I was like, I can see what's going on right now. I know exactly how to help you and I wanna help you. But what that did was that actually reversed the polarity. I became the more masculine energy role and they became the more feminine energy role because I was mothering them. And so instead of it being like a girlfriend, boyfriend, partner relationship, it became a weird like mother son dynamic, which I hated because it burned me out. And I was just like, why should I be taking care of you and like looking after you in that kind of dynamic. But even for me, for the longest time, I didn't really understand the difference between mothering and nurturing because in my experience, they were like one and the same, right? Like in terms of taking care of my sisters, I was both the mother and the nurturer. But the main difference is this, if your partner is coming across a problem or he wants you to help him with something, are you helping him plant the seed or are you helping him water the seed? Because like for me, if I'm in a relationship with a grown ass man, he should not need my help in planting any of his seeds. Let me give you an example of like a mothering versus a nurturing and caring role. So let's say your man comes home from work and he's really tired. When you're in that nurturing and caring role, you're going to be like, hey, you must be so tired. Can I get you a glass of water? And if he's like, actually, can you get me a glass of soda? You're going to be like, okay, cool. Like, let me get that for you, right? Caring about him, asking what he needs, being able to give that to him if that's in your capacity. Now, when you're in a mothering role, that's more like if he comes home and he's tired and you're like, can, you, can I get you a glass of water? You must be so tired. And he's like, actually, can you get me a glass of soda? This is when mothering can kick in when you're like, but you've had soda for three days in a row and that's not good for your health. And you know that you don't sleep well when you have sugar in your system. So no, I'm going to get you a glass of water. Like, do you kind of understand the difference between that? Like as a grown ass man, he should know his limits and his boundaries. So being a nurturer and a carer is being there to care for him and take care of him, but not mother him in the way where if he wants something, you're going to be like, no, you can't have that because X, Y, and Z. Because think about it, like, would you want to be with a person who doesn't know his limits and isn't doing that thinking for himself of being like, I know that I don't sleep well if I have soda at night and I've had soda for the past three days, so maybe I should just go with a glass of water. Do you know what I mean? Like, why would you want to be with someone and have to do that extra level of thinking for them? Next, number eight, figure out what you want from a relationship and who you want to be in that relationship. That second part is actually what a lot of people don't do. A lot of people just focus on what do I want from my partner? What do I want from my relationship? But they don't focus on who do I want to be in that relationship? Because you can get those things from your partner from a relationship, but still that relationship might not feel fulfilling to you because you're not stepping into the role that you want to be in in that relationship. Number nine learn about consent, especially coerced consent. And I know that in today's kind of discourse, it seems a bit redundant to say that. But as I was growing up, 
we weren't really taught about consent beyond like no means no. And in fact, I haven't told a lot of people this, but the way that I actually got into my really toxic relationship was through coercion. And it wasn't until I was talking about it with my current partner that I realized that it was actually non-consensual. Because I think for women, when we talk about consent and sexual assault, we think of really violent cases. And so when we kind of go through something that we think might be coerced or might not be consensual, if it's not that like violent, a lot of the times we're kind of just like, okay, maybe, you know, I'm just thinking too much and maybe I wanted it as well. And maybe this, that, and whatever other reason. And so we kind of disregard it, but I was talking to my current partner about it and basically alcohol was involved and I was very drunk and he wanted to make out with me. And I had said no a bunch of times. And this was before we had any kind of like relationship. So we were still just friends and I was like, no, 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 I don't, I I don't want to do it. And it got to a point where I was like, fuck, like if I don't say yes, he's just going to keep pestering me. And I was just like, um, okay, sure. And I had thought for the longest time that because I ended up saying yes, that it was consensual until literally like four or five years down the track, my partner right now was like, dude, do you realize that that's not consent because it was coerced? And I, I had to sit down because I was like, holy fucking shit. Are you telling me that my entire relationship started because I was coerced into something that I actually did not want to do. Basically, yes, it was. And that was another level of trauma that I had to really kind of wrap my head around because I was like, what the fuck? And I ended up telling a close friend of mine about like my realization. And she was like, holy shit. I think that happened to me too with one of like her exes. And she's like, are you telling me that's not consensual? And I was like, yes, that's exactly what I'm fucking telling you. And that's why it's like so important to learn about all the nuances of consent because I did not know. And for the longest time, I was just like, okay, whatever. It's just, you know, I said, I ended up saying yes. So it was consensual when it was actually fucking not consensual and it literally blew both of our minds because we were like oh my god we just need to process this because holy shit the amount of times in both of our past relationships where we felt pressured into doing something that we didn't want to do and thought that we were consenting because we ended up saying yes like that is insane and unless you've specifically talked about cnc which is consensual non-consent and you're doing role play in that dynamic otherwise it is completely non-consensual and it is completely fucked up and i think not only do women have to learn more about it and about their rights in terms of consent men also need to understand it too because it is not okay for you to just be trying to keep persuading and trying to keep egging a girl on to do something if they've already said no. 
All right, finally, number 10, you are the prize. You have to realize that you are the prize and people will treat you how you treat yourself. And that includes how you talk about yourself. This kind of ties back into, I think it was number two when we talked about the fact that you are the one with the magic, it's not them. So you have to realize that you are the prize, okay? You are the flower that all the bees come to. You're not the bee trying to get to a flower or get your pollen. I don't know if that analogy made sense, but that's just the one that popped into my head. But people will treat you how you treat yourself. Your standard for how you treat yourself, how you talk about yourself, how you present yourself, how you move and how you make moves and how you act will set the standard for how other people treat you. So exactly like what I said before, right? The fact that my ex was able to treat me in such a shitty way was also because I allowed him to treat me like that. I was not treating myself with the same amount of love and compassion that I have for myself now. My self-worth was really low. I did not love myself. I was carrying a lot of guilt, a lot of shame within myself. I was putting myself last. You know, I really was just a bitch to myself. And that's exactly the same way that I allowed other people to treat me. So how you treat yourself, how you talk about yourself is so important. And that's why even in a relationship, your focus has to be on you first. You have to keep working on yourself and working on your own self-love and continuing to develop and deepen the connection you have with yourself. Because when both parties are doing that and they're creating that deeper connection with themselves, when they come together, that also lets them connect deeper on a relationship basis. So their relationship just keeps growing and growing and expanding and deepening. So you have to switch your view of relationships from it being about the other person to it being about you like it is a blessing for someone to come and claim you as the prize to claim you as their partner so instead of thinking am i good enough for them how do i have to present myself and perform in order to have them attracted to me or for them to choose me it's now about are they good enough for me you're now observing and putting them through the test to see if they deserve to be in a relationship with you. And I mean, with my North Node in Libra and my Moon in Scorpio, it is really no wonder why so much of what I went through in my relationships was what helped me and what catapulted me into my deeper healing. I also have my Chiron in Libra actually. So yeah, that adds on too. But after I found astrology or rather astrology found me again, it really helped me to understand a lot of the dynamics that I was in. And in terms of, you know, you being the prize, a big part of that is recognizing your own authenticity, recognizing who you are and really connecting with who you are instead of feeling lost about yourself feeling lost about your purpose when you create that healthy strong foundation in terms of your self-concept that really gives you the tools to then be able to be like okay i know exactly what i'm looking for in a relationship and what i will not stand for i know exactly how i 
find my emotional fulfillment. I know exactly what kind of energy I want to be in partnership with. I know exactly what kind of energy I want my partner to be operating out of. So for me, really, astrology was one of the biggest pieces that helped me to be like, this is who I am. I can stop pretending to be like everyone else. I can stop pretending to fit into all the circles that everyone else is fitting into and actually step into who I am and recognize that all the things that I've been wanting and yearning for and craving for in a relationship, I deserve it. I deserve all of those things. And just because one person or two people cannot give those things to me does not mean that I do not deserve those things and does not mean that I will never get a relationship or I will never be in a relationship with those things. So really, astrology didn't just help me understand who I am, but it helped me fast track my relationship I guess like timeline because now I understood exactly what I was looking for. So everyone who did not have certain things, I was like, nope, goodbye, because I don't want to find someone who I have to help get into that place. Like I want to find someone who is already in the place that I want in a partner, if that makes sense. And the thing is, all of this took me like years to get to this point, like this whole ordeal of being in the relationship, coming out of that toxic relationship and really healing a lot of those wounds and understanding who I am and understanding what I want in a relationship and understanding how to approach a relationship with that healthy dynamic and unlearning a lot of those patterns and conditioning that I carried with me subconsciously. I think all in all, it's been about six years. Like, holy shit, it has been a long ass journey. And having so many conversations with a lot of my friends about this, I know there are so many women who are going through something similar, who are like, hang on a second, a lot of the relationships I've been in have not fulfilled me. How am I supposed to step into that fulfillment? How am I supposed to find myself and also find that partnership, that person who I really align with? That's one of the biggest reasons why I created my personal power and transformation mentorship is to be able to save those women six years of trying to figure out why these things have happened, trying to figure out who they really are, trying to figure out what they really want, going through all of these emotional ups and downs on their own and instead being held and being guided by someone who's gone through all of this because it's been years of like trial and error for me of figuring out how to work with my chart, figuring out how to make the most aligned moves according to my energy and how to get the most impactful and effective results. And if you're wanting to deepen the connection with yourself, to improve your relationships, or even just to show up more authentically and feel more fulfilled in your own personal life, I have the details for my personal power mentorship linked in the description. Okay, and that is it. Those are the 10 main things, the 10 biggest things that I wish I could tell my younger self when it comes to dating and relationships. 
and men. I always love hearing what you think about my episodes. So if you have something that you resonated with, or if you have an insight, or if this prompted you to think of something, please let me know, send me a DM, and I would love to chat further with you. That's it for this episode. See you next time.